I was asking Emily about this. What happens if I go into a, uh, you know, foot massage place or a... <laughs> You don't have to do... do foot massage. They can do backs too and hands. No, I mean like, and, and then I just say I'm down for the foot massage and then <laughs> do they, do they massage my rubber feet? And then how, what's my appropriate reaction while they're rubbing them? Like, oh. oh, so good. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about actual massage ladies, but if it was me, I would be like, uh, this is a weird kink and I'm not going to participate in it. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the show that more or less loosely orbits the show Too Beautiful to Live these days. And on Fridays, we do uh, TBTL memory lane, sometimes interviews with fans, clip shows of TBTL, clip shows of our own show, and sometimes shows where we uh, unbox your Amazon purchases. <laughs> but this is a Monday, so we're just here to bring you a recap of last week's TBTL shows. My name is Mike Frizzell, the Jail Dude, a veteran podcaster coming to you from Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas. And joining me from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan, Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. When do I get to append veteran to podcaster? Uh, I've found that in this business, it's best to just do it yourself. Don't <laughs> wait around for anyone to to give you any... Uh, uh, as Emily's former coworker would say, Q dots. Uh, <laughs> just promote right. yourself. I'll keep that in mind. And 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 sometimes, I mean, it's like uh, you know, co stanza. People will just if you just keep saying it, then people will start saying it in their heads when they hear your <laughs> name. So I think it'll work out for you. Cool. And from middle-aged momish type studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary H. Bomb Livingston Butler. How are you, Hillary? I'm doing great. I'm a little slow, and I yelled at my children once again, so I'm ready to go. I feel like I might have contributed to this <laughs> latest. <laughs> Only slightly. With your kids. Only slightly. Yeah. Uh, as always, we will talk our LRB business and give you some hot takes on the recap keep some house then let you know how to get involved and i'm not great at business that has been borne out over the years so uh who has business is it ann today i do but ironically the business all involves you so <laughs> right? uh, i'd like to hear from the other side of the microphone what happened at the live wire production in the hotel suite where the hotel was not informed that it was a live radio show oh yeah wasn't that just the most typical uh-huh thing uh, he's on a comeback from the boat incident <laughs> karma wise he really got away with one um this time yeah it was uh there were there's two suites on the top floor of this hyatt hotel down on the river and this hotel it sounds fancy. You're in the presidential suite, but this it's this not. thing, 
this thing was decorated in the mid-80s, like Gordon Gecko style. There should have been, like, giant white cell phones on every table. Um, <laughs> it was pretty great, though. It was a it was pretty tight space. There were, you know, a few rows of chairs. And by chairs, it, they were hotel suite chairs, you know, like in... Uh, I forget the it's name knocked, of the movie. It's but, knocked up where he's like, there's so many different types of chairs. Right. <laughs> when when he's high and he's like, there's too many different kind of chairs in this room. It's freaking me out. So we we got there at doors. And uh, so we made sure and get a place to, to sit. All the chairs were full. Um, standing room only all around. They had, the, they had uh, beer and wine. Um, open bar. And... So I'd say there were probably 30 or 40 people in there to see the the show. And um, uh, Charlie Crockett had two of his guys, and they were the house band. And that was the best part of it, more more so even for me than, than Charlie's performance was um, the interaction with the band. Because uh, Luke really hit it off with Charlie and, and uh, especially his um, trumpet player. Um. There was a live trumpet player. Yeah, that was what Luke was trying to like keep down, you know, because <laughs> because that's the kind of thing that will because music in the other suite is like boom 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 boom. But when the you start with the trumpet, that's when the eye rolling starts in the other suite or the floor below. Like a trumpet. Hey, they got a trumpet. Are we gonna call the front desk now or what? Be cool. The guy just has a trumpet, you know. Let's not get the authorities involved. <laughs> so the show was fantastic. And it was um, Luke's really operating at a high level right now as far as his hosting. And the, the guests were a delight. Uh, there was there were there was a lesbian couple that runs a very popular barbecue joint here in Austin. And they, what could be more Austin than a super successful lesbian operated barbecue <laughs> joint? perfect just middle finger to the rest of texas like austin just always seems to be Uh, fuck you we make better barbecue than you you fat assholes um the there was a uh a poet on the show who was really really awesome and he read a couple of his poems and we ended up uh when we finally left that situation we rode down in the elevator with him and ended up having a, a nice long talk with him in the lobby uh, Luke made sure that, that we met Charlie Crockett, especially Emily <laughs> met Charlie Crockett and, uh, oh, and you're still married. <laughs> she, she wanted to correct the record. She's not, uh, she's not in love with Charlie Crockett. She just loves his music. It's oh, okay. All, okay. Yeah. It's all, it's all. That's so how it starts. <laughs> she was very, she was very thrilled to meet him. And what was funny, uh, is that somehow in the booking process for, for him, um, Luke had let slip that he heard about him through his friend who happened to be a, ba- a bank robber. And I don't know how how it all came out, but Charlie was very interested in in hearing some some stuff uh, from me because um, apparently he has, or in his family, there's a lot of shady shadiness that he likes to share with people that understand um, shady behavior and shady people. So, so, uh, when we parted, we talked for quite a long time and, and when we parted, um, I believe I, I hollered at him. Yeah. Let's chop it up later. You know, uh, so I'm cool like that. 
And then, oh, uh, we went to a uh, second location. Wow. Because there were, there was rumor that uh, Charlie was going to go over there and play with the house band. Because it was like a Monday night. There's a There was a um, venue where a lot of musicians just jump on and off the stage and play with each other that aren't in the same band and all that. And so the the music was pretty amazing. And there were, you know, some a lot of local uh, music celebrities. Where was on it? On display. Char- Charlie never got up. Uh, good question. <laughs> good question. <laughs> it was a bar. It was uh, it was not a big bar. Uh, was it near the it was hotel? Somewhere in South Austin. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was somewhere around the hotel. <laughs> I feel like we're in about... that movie Sneakers, where they ha- have y'all ever seen that? Yeah, it's an excellent movie. But he's having to like tell them, you know, how to get to this like secret location. He's like, it sounded like there was a party, like describing the road sounds. I feel like I'm going to need you to describe like what the road sounded like when you were driving to this second location. <laughs> I'm going to investigate it. Uh yeah, it was a great night, and and we didn't get. Um... We didn't get home till about two, yeah. so that's usually w- about when Emily's getting up. <laughs> so it was weird, but she took a nap before we went down there, and she made it through all of that. And it was her idea to go to the second location, so I feel like I'm in the clear there. But uh, it was a late night, a lot of fun though. Well, that sounds like a terrible time, Mike. I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. <laughs> yeah, it was so awful. And Luke is such a dick at these things. Oh, he's he's yeah. just—he's not accommodating at all. He should really sort of work on his approachability factor. Yeah, yeah. No charisma, just hiding out from his fans. Mm-hmm. Going outside to smoke a cigarette and then <laughs> comes back and sits on the other side of the bar. Yeah. Well, but then the party just hasn't stopped for you since then, since I I heard a rumor that the two of you got together, and I am not jealous at all. I just want to say, I didn't want to go anyway. (laughs) It was collusion. (laughs) We're getting together. (laughs) Just come down I-35. Listen. We're about 18 hours. (laughs) 18 white knuckle hours past all the semis. Yeah, Mike and I got together. We went, I went to the ranch. It was wonderful. We had uh, Kristen and her husband Josh there, and we had a really good time. Maybe too good of a time, but <laughs> I'm a little bit feeling it today, but it was really, really fun and good snacks all around. I hear yeah. those Mexican margaritas are potent. Ooh, yeah, Mike makes them strong. <laughs> I make them exactly to a restaurant recipe stolen from Trudy's. They're famous for their Mexican martinis um, down here in Austin, and uh, yeah, the 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 ladies were going pretty hard. And uh, I happened to I got a chance to spill one all over the floor, so that was great. And then I, I forgot about yeah, that. I remember when I gesticulated, gesticulated a little too wildly and knocked mine on the floor, but that's okay. We all well, what, what was funny is I probably filled it a little high, and then you know you were being your usual. <laughs> self uh, expressing yourself and in a little like spilled out and and I, oh i said oh let me let me get a uh napkin or something and you were like oh no it's okay and you turned around to put your drink down and you put it like like half on the table and <laughs> and it just went it just went all the all the way over oh. so yeah dave's looking at yeah. me like why do i bring her anywhere this is embarrassing <laughs> 
I think that might have been your first one, though. So. Well, you can't even blame that on the previous liquor? Oh, no. No, no. I mean, I may have no. had a little bit, but no. nothing. Yeah. But it was great. And um, we basically had appetizers for dinner, which is my ideal like type of dinner. I like to mm-hmm. just, you know, sample some quesos, some guac, some little... It was perfect. It was ideal. Yeah. Um, Hillary uh, brought uh, queso, which she... She made and uh, Emily made a uh, a dip and made some guacamole and uh, Kristen brought some brownies, which were delicious. So um, all that was good. And I knew Emily was having a great time. It was really her idea to do this. And and she was really happy to have everyone over and have the house in a, in a state uh, which none of our houses have been in for a, a long time, <laughs> you know, which was ready to receive company. And I knew she, I knew she was really tuned up when, um, like Kristen's really into, uh, crafts and crochet, but I knew Emily was really tuned up when she escorted Kristen back to the mountain room, which is where I am now, which is just a, uh, probably 88 to 120 box, uh, boxes of yarn. Yeah. It's a lot of, surrounding a lot me. of boxes of yarn <laughs> and projects too. And so she's like showing, she's showing Kristen all these projects you know like a little kid at uh show and tell it's like oh and i made this one and uh, then i made that one um but Kristen was loving it so uh, that was uh it was a blast um yeah emily's really feeling it uh not so much this morning she um, got through her bad feelings uh, last night (laughs) so good yeah, no, it was a great time. Wow. We have to do it again. I'll invite y'all to my house. I'll, uh, it'll force me awesome. to actually get it, you know, looking like two monsters don't live there, plus Duchess. <laughs> as long as Duchess is there, I'm yeah. down. Okay. Mars VPing for Duchess. <laughs> we'll go if dog is present. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of Mike's social life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Aren't I, aren't I the bee's knees? <laughs> We will have some throw your phone moments as we go through the show. But for now, Hillary, why don't you get us started on the week in review? All right. Monday, 2709. Snow flaking out so hard. Um, this was I thought this was a great show because I am always ready for somebody different to come into the show, particularly some women or something just a little bit that different than like two white dudes, you know, looking at their belly buttons. But, um, mm-hmm. I, um, it was, uh, Eula Scott Bino and Jeannie Yandel from, uh, battle tactics for your sexist workplace, which I haven't started listening to, but I can't wait because I know I'm going to my, my workplace is nothing if not sexist. So, um, no, it was, it was a really great show. I thought they just had some good discussions. I laughed because throughout you could just tell Andrew was so nervous like he was going to say something wrong or you know he was just out of his kind of comfort place <laughs> and I'm and, yeah. and they're just like it's Andrew like calm down it's not a big deal you're fine like you're not gonna you know say the n-word all of a sudden like it's not like that <laughs> like relax, just be a normal person but I thought that- I don't mind that when Andrew gets amped up because I don't know. You, sometimes he gets so hang dog, like so Eeyore-y, yes. like mm. yes. And it, it's nice to see him really kind of pepped up and enthusiastic. Exactly. And- well, before we, before we even, um, uh, I, before I even knew the Slack channel <clears throat> had been posted, uh, I, like, I think I went into the LRB chat and said, um, 
I'll, I'll take two days. I'll do, you know, I'll do whatever. I just can't take Monday. And the reason was I didn't listen to it until Tuesday, which was the day after we got home, you know, to talk about my social life uh, again, you know, and I didn't get to sleep till like four or whatever. Cause I was like amped up, you know, cause I don't go out, you know, cause I'm like, oh, wow. Hey, I'm out. Uh, look at me. I'm on a boat. Um, so I just, the, I started the show and, and Andrew was in that mode and I'm like, oh man, he's in, he's in Aaron Mason mode. I can't, <laughs> I just can't, you know? And then of course the, you know, the, the subject matter isn't for me because, you know, I'm a white male and I'm awesome. So <laughs> I don't, I don't like to be corrected. And honestly, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw your, your note uh, for this day, Hillary, I read it. Um, battle tactics for your sexiest work, workplace host. Oh no, how disappointed you must have been. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm an amateur, but I aspire to be, you know. Uh, I, <laughs> I got my I own mother. I need to know some, some really, of these battle really tactics that. so that I don't get sacked like like all these uh, motherfuckers have been going down on the Me Too, you know. We need, we need to battle back. Oh, Jesus. Don't worry, you're winning. It's fine. As much as we battle, you're still <laughs> we're, winning. We're still winning. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just not a blowout anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I do get nervous because when he gets sort of amped up, but I really thought that they were, you know, a good counterpoint to him. In fact, I think that Jeannie even said, oh, Andrew, at one point, And I was like, God, you know yeah. it. You're you're in. Yeah. She's in her circle. Jeannie's long, <laughs> for, second time, long time, I think. Yes. She's been on the show yeah. before. She was she was great, um, and so is you know, Scott. Um, I just thought that they talked about some interesting stuff without it getting too like academic and boring. Just how like language is evolving, and it's not that hard to change your language. Uh, you know, calling somebody crazy as sort of a funny thing. I thought that was I I I, I call my kids crazy, so I maybe need to like you know reflect back on my own language. But I, I thought it was really cool. And, I, you know, again, it's like it doesn't have to be combative. It was just sort of a conversation with somebody that's open, meaning both of those sides. Like, okay, like I'm interested in learning and evolving. You know, and it's, it's interesting to see, like, how quickly things change. Because if you look back at movies, like even in the early 2000s, they use the F word. And I don't mean fuck because I use that word all the time. <laughs> but they use the you know, pejorative for a, a gay person all the time. And it's wild to listen to that, you know, just to hear these, like uh, how much it's changed. And that's a good thing. It's good. Like we're moving the culture along and it's good to have these conversations and evolve past, you know, saying things that just make people feel bad. And it's not even that great of a word. Um, but I, I just thought the conversation was really, really good. I, Though what I really loved about this, and I know this has been controversial, they somehow went down the line of like talking about early '90s ballads from metal bands, and I was really digging that. <laughs> I guess it's problematic, um, but I like extreme, and I like more than words. I loved that song. I was in sixth grade when it came out, and I loved that song, and I still love it. And the harmonies are so good, and when they were playing it, I kind of wanted them to play it longer. I'm like, just keep going. Uh-huh. Keep playing. Uh-huh. I, I've never paid 
any attention to the lyrics of more than words. <laughs> I have sung along with them so many oh, no. times, but oh, if no. you told me they were in Japanese, it would not faze me for how little I have actually listened to what they said. But then I went through and read the lyrics because of this discussion on the sense page. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't actually get any uh, uh, sexist or rapey or any kind of inappropriate vibe from that i mean i guess you could but it seems like you have to work real hard yeah (laughs) i don't i i thought it was just about somebody who just says i love you all the time but then doesn't prove it otherwise by doing like nice things (laughs) maybe my brain (laughs) really 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 (laughs) nice things maybe my brain is stuck in like nine you know when i was 12 or whatever but i was just like oh like you don't i don't know these were guys probably in their twenties <laughs> that wrote a song. But Mike, they had long hair. They were really sensitive. Janet, uh. <laughs> one of the others, I think one of the singers of Extreme went on to sing with uh, Van Halen at some point as well. So I don't know. Maybe that's yeah going to prove something. But that- yeah, it was Steve. Uh, this guy fucks Johnson. <laughs> Um, they also talked about, I was frustrated because they were like, who's the one that sings I'm the one who wants to be with you, which is another fantastic song. Um, it's Mr. Big. I, I was like really like a champion of this kind of music in my middle school years, but that's also a really good song where the guy's voice goes so high at some point. I'm like, is this lady singing? Cause how can his voice go so high? Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that discussion. Um, Seems like a karaoke trap, that song. Uh, no, you can't do it. I think I've actually tried, and you can't do it. It's obviously... Well, because when you think about the song, you think about the easy part, you know? You, that's the part that runs through your head. Yeah. And then once the music actually starts, you go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, shit. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> shit. I like to sing 9 to 5 at, um, at karaoke, except it's really fast. And then you're kind of like out of breath by the end of it. You're like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> right. I'm standing still and I'm out of breath. This is this is embarrassing. <laughs> oh, uh, and it's just the conversation was pretty loosey-goosey. Um, Eula talked about her other podcast, Hella Black, Hella Black, Hella Seattle, HBHS, uh, which That's I just great. thought it was a great name. And, and an interesting topic, I'm sure. It's like, you know... Um, this is happening in Austin a little bit, but I, I do um, Meals on Wheels um, like every couple of weeks for work. And you go to the east side of Austin, which was um, historically, um, you know, this is where black people lived. They were definitely segregated over on the other side of I-35. And now, you know, white hipsters are buying land there because it's really close to downtown it's actually pretty land though it's in a flood zone but it's actually really pretty land and you can just raise these houses and you know build something cool or whatever and you see these people that are starting to like not be able to afford you know they haven't been included in this economic boom and they can't afford the property taxes on their land so they're probably selling it you know mm-hmm. with it no choice and you know kind of being put in a really really difficult position so it's interesting because I, I don't know that much about like black life in Seattle but I imagine that it was probably a little bit segregated and and you know people are having to move out because it's getting too expensive. I mean, this is happening to everyone, but it's getting too expensive to live in the city proper and they're kind of being booted. So I thought... I heard that's happening in Oakland now that San Francisco is completely gentrified. They're starting Mm -hmm. to push into Oakland. 
yeah. which is a real shame. It really is because it's like, oh, we put you here in the fifties, but like now you now it's ours. So bye. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but I I would like to listen to it because I'm I'm sort of interested in places where you don't necessarily think like oh this is a big like black community like there's obviously something there. Um, but I thought it sounded there's a uh, Chris Hayes uh, one of his podcasts is about uh, real estate and I'm I'm really not uh, that interested in the subject but um, there was a lot on gentrification in that show too that was really interesting that that podcast of Chris Hayes I tell you what um, it's a good it'll one. engage you okay I need to add it to my ever mounting queue of podcasts that I listen to it's getting it, it's once a week and it, oh, yeah, it's good. not I mean it's yeah it's not uh he it's just a super deep dive on some issue not necessarily trump related like that yeah that real estate one had nothing to do with with uh that idiot in charge oh yeah i'd like to listen to that well um they kind of move on i just i keep noting that andrew is definitely a little uncomfortable it just is like he's like am i saying the right thing but throughout but uh, it, it did go for some interesting conversations um I they were talking about I think it actually Hillary I, I think it actually could be more interesting if he was uncomfortable you know had had any difference at all you know didn't like show his belly completely yeah. like <laughs> even once just for you know devil's advocate take a different you know because just an agree fest sometimes is no it's it gets really really exhausting and yeah. and he's he you know obviously Andrew is like a super liberal guy and you know tries to make the most out of he you know he doesn't want to abuse his position but they do get comfortable in where they are so it's good for him to be challenged I mean it would be good for Luke yeah. to be challenged but it's good for Andrew and I think he actually does take it and learn um, but I the one thing that they were talking about that I would I don't know I always think it's interesting to hear what people make they were talking about the pay gap and you know how they make money and I would love to hear how much Andrew makes I just think it would be so interesting and I don't really like not because I would be mad or anything it's just like how much do you get paid for a podcast now Luke is a different animal because he has a thousand jobs so you know it might not be as interesting because you're cobbling together from so many different sources but um I would like to hear what just, I mean, it sounds like Andrew basically has this one job, maybe a few other things, but this is basically it. And I would love to hear how much he makes. Like, how much does APM pay for this? And what are the marks that you have to make? You know, is it is it how many downloads or whatever? It's like, what is your contract state? I'm, I'm just interested because, you know, I grew up in a family that we didn't talk about how much we made. I, Dad, I still don't know how much you make because we just don't talk about it. Um, so I... <laughs> I would just be interested because it's, you know, it it is so personal, but it's also like beneficial to know. And actually, I think for people who are fighting against a pay gap, it is good to know how much people make because you have to know what you're fighting against and what you're trying to equal out to. And it's like, why am I getting paid less than this person for like, what's the reasoning? Anyway, I, I would be well, interested. What I was going to say was the last time I knew how much my dad made was uh, probably eight or nine years before I was born. And that was his year coming out of college. He got hired at Boeing for, uh, I think $18,000 a year. And the reason I know this is because he was invited to training camp after his, um, senior year in college with the St. Louis Hawks or now the Atlanta Hawks. And he didn't go to training camp with them because he wasn't drafted. I mean, they just invited him to camp 
and had he made the the team this NBA team he would have made thirteen thousand dollars so mm-hmm. he he took the sure thing in the Boeing and not the long shot in going to the NBA which at the time was not paying people thirty to thirty five million dollars a year it was paying rookies uh, much much less than that so after that no no more money talk <laughs> <laughs> my mom was a teacher didn't know, ever know how much money she made even though they they went on strike every other year about it well i found out what my dad made when i was filling out financial aid forms for college Oh, yeah. At which time we found out that he really made too much money for me to get any financial aid. But when he was giving me the the numbers, he was like, you do not share this information with anything, with anybody. Uh. It's not like he was making millions of dollars, but, you know, he was making a decent middle class salary enough so that my mom didn't have to have a job. Yeah. But I'm still too scared <laughs> to tell anybody what what he made in 1995. Uh. <laughs> You're like, I- he impressed it upon me with such seriousness. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I listen to a couple of podcasts where they just like talk about, you know, how much people make and what they do with their money. And it is, I don't know. I think it's an interesting topic. Uh, I, and I'm also extremely nosy. So I'm like, tell me how much you make. I need to know. I love when people work for like public institutions. I'm like, yes, it's all at my fingertips. I can find out how much you make right now. Uh-huh. Um, well, it sounds like you have a question for the next Hey Dummies. <laughs> Oh, I sh- wow. yes. How much do you make? There's literally no way. Luke would maybe, if he was drunk, go through it. Like, you know, how much he gets per hit at CBS yeah. or whatever. But you'd have to oh, get yeah. you into him. Yeah. And, and you and you would have to really, I mean, because of all his different jobs, you would almost have to get out your notebook. You know? <laughs> exactly. Get an Excel spreadsheet going and add it up. Yeah. Like, okay. Because right, I'm sure I'm going to forget half of these things <laughs> as soon as we walk out of this bar. So I need to write it all down. <laughs> Um, let's see what else they talk about. Um, I just loved, I had this quote that Andrew says, and I extremely related to, where he said, I live for attaboys and I totally do. And it's a really, really bad way of working is that you just, I'm like a child. I just want praise. I want somebody to tell me I did a good job. And honestly, it doesn't even have to be like financially telling me just like, wow, that was great. It really, it like keeps me going. So I, I kind of felt that for Andrew. Um, no, absolutely. I'm the same way. It's, I would like to ascribe it to a childhood of never being told that I was good enough. <laughs> so now I just want the constant <laughs> affirmation. See, I think I'm the opposite. I think I was told I was so great for so long that I'm still like, where is oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> I need you. Yeah, to I tell need me. it. Oh, no, it's it's a bad. I, I wish I could just kind of function on on a just kind of like putting my head down and doing my work. And actually that's the hardest thing about being a parent is that fucking nobody tells you you're doing a good job because mostly I'm not doing a good job, but um, you think you're doing great. And then everybody's just like shrugs their shoulders and moves on um, so or yells at you or whatever. So yeah, that sucks. <laughs> it's not, it's not parenting is not for somebody who wants praise because you will never get it. Mm-hmm. Um, then they kind of just keep going on talking about uh, like imposter syndrome. And if that's like, you know, if that's just like low self-esteem or, uh, and I, I actually do, I heard what they were saying that maybe it is low self-esteem, but I do actually think it's very much more like female oriented because a lot of, I won't apply for a job unless I'm absolutely qualified for it. And Dave will apply for like any old job 
So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's just been beaten to our heads that we have to be kind of perfect before we get anything. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think low self-esteem and imposter syndrome are perhaps linked or related, but I don't think they're necessarily the same thing. No, no. Um, the thing that made me laugh that was sort of towards towards the end is Andrew was like, I'm really sorry that this is, you know, y'all's stuff is so structured. I'm sorry this is is like loosey-goosey. And, and Eula just said, it's great to be relaxed. <laughs> or it's fun to be relaxed. And I thought that was funny. I mean, it was kind of a pejorative because – TBTL is so relaxed, but I, it's true. It, it, that's kind of what you come here. You don't come here for, I don't come to TBTL for top story necessarily. It is just kind of like a conversation. Um, I feel like he should uh, either stop apologizing yes. for the state of the show or fix the show yep. and what he feels that he has to apologize for. Yep. Exactly. Don't keep doing it and keep apologizing for it because that's just irritating. Exactly. Exactly. Now I thought, and when you call attention to something, it's like, relax, man. Like, stop, yeah. stop saying this. Um, and then they talked, I don't know. I wrote this down. I don't really remember like deodorant versus antiperspirant issue. And then breastfeeding slash mom shame, which I, I think maybe they were talking about moms that don't want to use antiperspirant because it's bad for breastfeeding or whatever. And it's like, I don't know, you can put anything into your body and somebody's going to tell you it's bad for you. I'm kind of like, I don't, I drank while I was. I just hate sweaty babies. So (laughs) I make sure. Rub that deodorant crystal all over the babies. I don't, I have never heard of deodorant crystals. I am highly dubious of that. I mean, I don't. (laughs) Deodorant (laughs) crystals. (laughs) I just feel like there's other things to be worried about. I can't get that much micro onto myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just rub these crystals in your pits and you'll smell great after a month. Shout out to someone who's making a buck on deodorant crystals. <laughs> Good on you, man. Good on you. You've really done it. I just you found the this section of ladies. I mean, people. I just imagine those like geodes that people have in their house. You know, like it's like purple, like, and their people are just like rubbing it under their arms. Ow! Yeah, this will (laughs) work. And that was more or less Monday. I'm kind of disappointed. I downloaded this buzzer thing. With the anticipation that I'd be able to buzz Mike every time we said something sexist about the conversation, but you, you got him. You in. did pretty good, Mike. You did. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to keep it handy for the rest of the show, though. See if I uh, can get my my money's worth, my I zero need to money's worth. Figure out my battle tactics against that <laughs> for the sexiest workplace. For the sexiest, <laughs> sexiest hosts. All right, let's go on to Tuesday, number 2710. TBTL is for banana lovers. <laughs> uh, I, I do love how, how they're, they've just, they're just hat tipping now to yep. the hot dog boobs. Yep. Thing, hot dog you know. boobs. <laughs> Hashtag hot dog boobs. I told Luke about that after the show. Um, that's how he found out there was a hashtag and he informed Andrew during during this week's shows that uh, yeah there's a hashtag out there Andrew I'm sure Andrew knew about it already it's probably one of the reasons he's leaving Facebook but. yeah so Luke is back on the show he's at the Hyatt Regency in Austin uh, I guess they use a Hawk Harrelson drop in the intro which, which gets them into baseball talk baseball announcing talk it doesn't take much to get them into baseball talk frankly 
Um, and uh, <laughs> Andrew says that he thinks that Rick Riz is too positive. And Luke says, quote, I finally put my evil inside you. <laughs> and I thought, whoa, okay. Oh, Rick Riz, I, I got to tell you, Rick Riz inspires a lot of passion in me. And uh, I'm I'm way on board with the guys on fucking Rick Riz and that uh, atrocious hairpiece of his. <laughs> We've talked about it on the show before. It might have even been a show picture at some yeah. point. Rick Riz's hairpiece, and and it, fine, you got a hairpiece, that's fine, but don't ruin my broadcast with your relentless optimism in the face of all. Reality. I I really I I don't hate him because he's a likable guy. He actually married someone I graduated high school with and and uh I think he might have been a better person than her. But he <laughs> his baseball announcing uh makes me crazy. Well, uh Luke and Andrew think that we could do with a little bit more of Hawk Harrelson style umpire <laughs> too much, tirades. Too much the other way. <laughs> Too much the other way. Let's hit a balance. But that does take them nicely into the topic of TBTL at the Mariners night, which will be Wednesday, September 26th. It's going to happen. We did get a throw your phone from our friend Mackenzie, who says, middle of the week, really? It's like they're trying to exclude people from other parts of the country. Maybe next year, he said last year. And he says, but in all fairness, I couldn't make anything other than a Saturday in September. I'd have actually have been frightened with a Friday I couldn't make. Them's the breaks. But it seems like a Wednesday is particularly aggressive. Anyone outside the area would have to basically take a week off work. And, of course, Mackenzie is locking up those criminals. You can't take a week off. No way. Not for a baseball game. So I hear you. I was sort of wondering if it was a logistical thing. Maybe the Mariners weren't home. So I did go and look at their schedule. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're playing the Rangers at home. Go Rangers. So perhaps they could have done that. I mean, playing the Rangers is not any less exciting than the A's. I mean, who's watching the game for this thing anyway? So I don't know if they couldn't do it on the weekend because the Mariners wouldn't give them a special ticket deal or whatever. But That's I, a possibility. I also looked. There are thousands and thousands of seats available for those games. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying but, to give them the benefit of the doubt for the reason that they did it on the middle of a school, a school night in September. Yeah, it's not even but, on a Thursday. Like, Thursday you can kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... It is what it is. It's a it's a thing for Seattle people and surrounding area people. Those of us who are a little further away will have to wait for the next one. That will only be announced three weeks before <laughs> it happens. Um, but, of course, that's way too late for a Song of the Summer uh, winner. And how would you announce that at the ballpark anyway? So they're just going to do an announcement in the first week of September. It's not really going to be a, at an event or a special anything or they didn't do a special event probably for like the first one they just oh. announced it on yeah. the radio yeah. so i guess it's just back to basics it's fine uh and then luke makes the comment that you mike quote unquote raved about the song of the summer <laughs> are you giving him false excitement about what he's doing i can't i can't manage anyone else's feelings or perceptions 
I meant to compliment David. <laughs> it just just kind of sounds like you're shaving me, you know. <laughs> Can you get the the itchy hair on the back of my neck? Thanks. Okay, so it's not the best buzzer. So it was free in the app store. <laughs> yeah, just use the number two on the sides and there's just enough on top so I can part it. Wait, didn't y'all talk about yes. that last night? I'm having a memory of y'all yeah, talking. Yeah, that was my go-to haircut when I when I had had hair. And it usually netted me what Emily kindly calls the Burt. <laughs> well, I figured that's what you were trying to do. You were trying to tell him what a good decision it was to have David take charge of it. But what Luke took from it was, <laughs> Song of the Summer is so awesome. We're doing a great job. Mike that's, loves it. That's why Luke... Uh, is so successful. He's able to take a lot of positive feedback out of some positive feedback. <laughs> All right. Well, I would about like someone him, other than him. <laughs> I would like him to take some positive feedback out of my next comment, which is what is this chariots of fire jazz that they played in the break? What was that? That was atrocious. I really hope that Meredith didn't listen to the show this week while she was on vacation because I could see a destroyed phone from her over that uh-huh. travesty of a jazz piece. Moving on. <laughs> um, they get into the topic of being awkward in greeting people. Obviously, Luke's not awkward, but this is an Andrew issue. He always feels awkward when he's saying hello, whether it's like a handshake or a hug or a high five. He always like overthinks what's happening and then feels like he makes an idiot of himself. And Luke says that, no, Andrew's really good at declaring his intent with greeting <laughs> people, like saying, I'm going to give you a hug now, which I don't know is that a great way to do it or is that really weird it's it's not weird if the action is not weird you know if you announce that you're just light some light tongue and maybe a little <laughs> uh a little butt cup and... all right wow you're saying i can't give somebody a hug and then lick the side of their neck <laughs> uh well you might get a grandmothered in on that if, if you've been doing it long enough <laughs> That might be a signature move that you can claim. This is called I the Anne. Please no. <laughs> right. Oh, I try here comes Anne's plan. Oh, there we go. Oh, my neck. Mmm, salty. My back. Well, it's just another classic example of Andrew being too in in his head oh, over God, this stuff. Yeah. He just needs to relax and remember that other people probably feel as awkward as he does. Although or heard... that they don't and and they right. and they won't. You know what right. I mean? I heard <laughs> You can't somebody... make it awkward for me because I don't give a shit. You know? I heard somebody say once there are no awkward situations, only awkward people. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, "Huh, that is an excellent way to look at it. It's all in how you decide to react to something. If you decide it's not going to be awkward, it's not going to be awkward." It's very true. I hate to oversimplify it, but it it worked for me. I just decided I'm like, eh, whatever happens happens, and it'll be over, and nobody will care. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how I go to. Oh, uh, they talk about the Seattle air quality. Um, peace and love, peace and love to all my Pacific Northwest friends. But this topic is real boring. It is. I mean, I know that it's extremely important to you guys, but. 
maybe like one Facebook post about the air quality is enough. I mean, it's like how boring it is for you when I talk about how cold it is or when Mike and Hillary talk about how, how hot it is. It's really, Texas. really hot. I, <laughs> we, I understand that it's terrible air quality and it's the worst in recorded history. And, you know, it's 261 on the something, something, something scale. We get it, guys. We get it. Don't vacuum. Uh, the top story for the day is this French amusement park who got some trained crows in there to pick up cigarettes, um, cigarette butts off the ground, I guess. But they think it's some sort of really publicity stunt because they only brought in like half a dozen crows. You need a whole flock to get all those French cigarette butts off the ground. Uh, and they're just sort of at the front of the park for good photo ops not dispersed mm. throughout the park. I don't I don't know. Like this How isn't... many crows do you want swooping around you at an at amusement park? Oh, I mean... zero. I'd like zero. <laughs> right? They make the point during this discussion that people should pick up their own trash, yes. uh, which I agree with 100%. So, let's not I mean, I guess if the crows get into it, it's a solution, but yeah, you're right, Mike. I'm not super enthusiastic about a big flock of crows. You know, have we not learned wheeling over? Have we not Disneyland learned Paris? from Alfred Hitchcock? Like, you don't want a swarm of birds to do anything. No, ban them. No. Uh, top story two from this Portuguese museum: a sculpture by Anish Kapoor, who is responsible for the bean in Chicago. Uh, this sculpture called Descent into Limbo, which is an eight-foot hole in the ground that he painted to look as if uh, the Roadrunner had put it there. It's uh, extremely black, black, black paint, so you can't get any kind of depth perception from it. And uh, some guy walked into it and fell down the eight feet and had to go to the hospital. Uh, dumbass. <laughs> Uh, I think it's in its own separate little building, so they have it separated out, and there are signs all around the outside, and there are museum employees inside to tell everybody, don't jump on the fucking hole, <laughs> but this like Italian tourist apparently, maybe he doesn't read Portuguese and didn't pay attention to the museum person and uh, just decided to <laughs> take a leap. <laughs> And there I think you go. the word tourist needs needs some rehab because the only time we hear the word tourist is when the tourist has done something like monumentally stupid or or been killed or you know you never hear it in like a positive like oh yeah the tourist had a great time and went home well informed about uh, Bastille Day or whatever mm -hmm. um, <laughs> every time you hear tourist it, it's bad and then you know yep idiot tourist unfortunate tourist so i don't i don't know i don't i, I just don't want to travel as a tourist anymore <laughs> it seems dangerous it seems fraught visitor international visitor or something i am a little bit surprised that the museum did not have any kind of rope or barrier around this thing because shouldn't uh -huh. they know that people are stupid oh yeah cannibal <laughs> dude no paralysis but it is a pretty cool-looking piece, I have it, to say. It might make up for the bean, which I think looks 
really stupid. I don't know what's up with the bean. Why why people like the bean? I don't understand modern art, so I really can't say anything informed about any modern art. Um, okay, so then we get into this thing about Livewire that we referenced at the top of the show about how Luke was nervous because he actually didn't tell the hotel that they were recording a radio show with a live musical act. He just told them they were having a party. Uh, and he said that he made a conscious choice not to go crazy afterwards because he has more stuff to do the next day, panels to host, people oh, yeah. to schmooze. And, um, he was a big what, deal at, at that conference. Was he? He was a big deal there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that makes and me happy And he was making sales, too. Yeah. He, was, uh, he, he was picking up markets uh, while, while in the room Good. before and after the show. Good. And, and this is great. Boy, this is like a really concrete example of his personal growth to not go crunk yeah. after right? the party, regardless <laughs> of what's coming the next day. There's more to harvest. There were more people to, to get on board the next yep. day, and he, uh, he respected that. Yep. Uh, a, a quick note about they get into a discussion of prefix pronunciation. And Luke is starting to get up on his high horse about it. And Andrew gets confused. And then he says, oh, you're fighting with the French language now. And I laughed. <laughs> but then Luke found out that his anger was unfounded. So that uh, discussion was mercifully cut short. Uh, they decide to skip emails. Shockingly. And Andrew, I know. Well, really, whoever would have thought that they would do that. And Andrew wants a do-over on yesterday's show because he felt that his nervous energy ruined the show. Andrew. Oh, Andrew. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It was fine. You were great. And that's Tuesday. Okay, Wednesday, 27-11. Calm down, little Bow Wow. <laughs> uh, Nick Jarn sits in. Andrew gets showered with attaboys. For Monday, after he expressed his nervousness, he got lots of uh, positive feedback. Uh, must be an email now because he's going to quit uh, Facebook. That's a mm -hmm. spoiler alert. Um, Andrew is is going back to Ohio, and he's chosen um, right around Halloween to do it to avoid Genevieve's party and to avoid having to open the door and uh, <laughs> offer candy to little children. Well, can't he just do that at his parents' house? Sit oh, in the dark. With yeah, how's he going to get away from it at the parents' house? Yeah, that's a that's that's a, that's a thing. He'll probably go out with uh, his imaginary friend Tony. You know, <laughs> whatever you do when you go back to Valley City, Ohio. I don't like Tony. You know, I think he's a bad influence. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's the um, the devil on one of Andrew's shoulder. The much diminished. Uh, devil and and he, he's got just a angel on steroids on the other shoulder but uh, well but tony seems to be an imperfect devil too now that we found out that he was the one who brought donovan into the mix right yeah he's sitting he's sitting on andrew's right shoulder with two girls and then <laughs> that wasn't tony good andrew was on the other shoulder that was henry somebody or other Oh, Henry, right. I get I get all his imaginary childhood <laughs> friends' names confused. 
every time, every time Andrew tells a story about elementary school and my friends and I did this and my friends and I did that, I was like, you have spent so long saying that you didn't have any friends. And every time I turn around, it's another story about you and your friends and the things you did. I am just getting cognitive disconnect on this. I agree. Mm -hmm. Choose a path. Were you a dork or did you have friends? Where? What is it? <sighs> right. Or did, were you poor or did you have money? You know. Mm -hmm. Were you super privileged or did your parents feed you gruel and <laughs> throw you in a pit at night? Yeah, we need to get you categorized. It's important as humans. We need to throw each other into boxes and so that we never change. Uh, Nick Jarn is into sneakers. And speaking of stereotyping, uh, I find that um, Kobe Bryant fans, as Nick Jarn is, a, a Seattle guy who's into the Lakers and was into Kobe Bryant tend to be collectors of dumb things like uh, like basketball sneakers. <laughs> like if you gave me some good sneakers back in the day, I would have worn them for sure. And mm -hmm. my family did have a sporting goods store for a minute that I stole shoes from. <laughs> um, but Jesus, generally, it, generally it was black uh, black chucks, um, because. I just wanted to be I wanted to be more underestimated on the court. So I would wear the whitest guy uh high tops available and those were black Chuck Taylors. And they, they made you appear fourteen percent slower. So they're even more underestimation on, on the court. So any edge you can get. Cause back in the day if you could play basketball and you're a white guy, all anybody ever said to you as a compliment was, Hey, Larry Bird. You know, now there are a lot of other white basketball players that you can get Q dots for for playing like, but back in the day, you're just going for the Larry Bird and and Larry wore Converse, so I, I had to stick with the brand. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't understand a, a sneakers as collectible object, but then I don't think I really understand anything as collectible object. That's just not mm -hmm. my personality. So I'm not uh, I'm not trying to take a crap on it. It's just something that I personally don't understand. I'm I'm just not a collector. And they're too bulky, yeah. too, you know? Like, collect some tiny glass figurines or something <laughs> that you don't have to, like, dedicate an entire room to, you know? Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's not good. Um, Andrew hates carpool karaoke to, to some extreme degree. Uh, I don't know. They're they're both very anti-carpool karaoke. What's wrong with that? It's kind of fun. I don't know. It's, it's fun. I like it. I think it, I, th I always enjoy it. I mean, I don't, like stay up late to watch you know right. james corden's show but if there's a good one on no. there was you know there was a hamilton one i loved it i think i could have done a better job than james corden but i really enjoyed it um <laughs> <laughs> but um but they're always sort of fun and the people he's a i know that some people don't like him i guess but he seems like such a genuine fan of things that that i that mm -hmm. i enjoy that that he knows the stuff and it's not just bullshitty like he knows all the words to things i think it's fun right I think it's a little bit of like music snobbery. Yeah. yeah. You know, Luke Luke and Andrew like to feel that they're a cut above everybody else's pop culture choices for the most part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if carpool karaoke is really popular, they're going to turn their noses up at it a little bit. That yeah, makes sense. Um, Drake, I guess, uh, had a preloaded album on Spotify. I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything about Drake. Uh, you know, the more that Andrew talks about Drake and the more he's like, well, I don't understand. How did he get voted out in the first 
round of the song of the summer and I don't understand why people just don't like Drake and why do people make playlists of the song of the summer where they took the Drake song out uh, the more he says that the more I want to be like yeah screw Drake he's terrible I don't like him I don't think I've ever even listened to a full Drake song I don't have anything against Drake at all but the more Andrew tries to defend him you know and say that he just doesn't understand how anybody could not like it the more I'm like eh, screw this it seems nondescript to me that music. I mean, it's just like, hey, there's a there's a pale imitation of Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny though because I my one of my old coworkers, she was super like jazzed when the new Drake album came out, and I'm like this. I like I've said before, this is what betrays my age is that I just kind of don't get it. I don't, I don't. Not like it's hard for me to understand. It's just hard for me to understand what's so compelling. I think. And she was like, I just love him so much. I just love him. So there must be something, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like cilantro or something. Like some to some people it tastes terrible and to some people it tastes great. So it's like there's just some divide that I'm, I'm not getting. I, I've kind of softened. I don't hate him, hate him. But I just, it's not something I'm going to jump to. It's it's no like, you know, sync or Beyonce. For, no, I'm just kidding. But it's no like, it's not like there's something that's so great about it to me. But maybe there is to somebody else. But him digging in is frustrating to me because it it is treating the people that don't like him like they're stupid. And that like annoys me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think that's it. It's just that he gets my back up. And so I get contrary. Yeah. Andrew complains about rapper names being too complicated. Uh, rapper names are ridiculous these days. I like it. I, I don't know. I, I like it. the more complicated, the better, because it <laughs> exposes people's lack of knowledge of Roman numerals. That's one benefit. Oh my goodness! Uh, from it for sure. It uh, it gives it gives kids a chance to be creative. Like every kid is an aspiring rapper. Like Cullen has been an aspiring rapper for a long time. And uh, and he he has some good ones, and I think my favorite is semicolon. <laughs> uh, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So we wouldn't have that if kids weren't trying to think up their overly complicated <laughs> rap names. But he'd have to put a bunch of numbers behind it and in front of it, maybe mm-hmm. some symbols. I don't know. And then he'll I have think... to learn how to rap too, which is probably the hardest part. I think it was when Soldier Boy came around. Then uh-huh. I started to go, really? Yeah. There's the, the soldier with the dollar on the ass. I don't know. I Does he do seen. that? I don't know. I don't know. He, if he's not, he should keep up with the times. Uh, top story. They're changing the animal cracker box. Um, they're no longer in, in cages. They're never no longer working for the circus. But they are, um, they're in an array uh, where if they don't turn on each other, and uh and, and like the 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 predators don't eat the prey before they get to you that looks like they are coming at you on the box from what i understand so mm-hmm. yeah i saw it i'm you up on it. all the animal cracker news i still buy one of those little boxes every once in a while yeah when i want to treat myself they're pretty good and i like the ones with the the frosting and the sprinkles oh. on them too there's like mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. no nutritional value they're to those so good they're so good yeah <laughs> right uh let's see andrew's skeptical about uh beetles being the source of of dye and he's 
quickly corrected with an internet. I thought everybody search. knew that. I thought so too. But uh, he complains that he did uh, chores as a child for no money, yet they always had everything they needed. But I understand the frustration when you're a kid, especially, you know, if you're not a country kid like he was, if, if um, you know, if you're living closer into town and never having any money as a kid, that's got to be frustrating. There's got to be something you're going to want, mm-hmm. you know. In a, that your parents can't you know, like I want this I want this this ice cream cone now my parents aren't here and I don't have any money you know that's gonna be frustrating well Every if it's you you bucks. just steal it apparently <laughs> well I couldn't steal the ice cream <laughs> someone had to get that for me you know anything else yeah I just take uh Hugh Jackson is not coming off well in the uh in in Hard Knocks. Um, Still think it would be better if Hugh Jackman <laughs> was the Browns coach. He could not do worse with people <laughs> handling skills than Hugh Jackson. <laughs> even even knowing nothing about the game, he could just walk out there with a whistle and immediately have more credibility with his players and coaches than uh, Hugh Jackson. And and then, you know, of course, everyone would say, do the thing with the things, you know, do the whooshing, you know. Do the Wolverine and he definitely <laughs> All right, all right. This if the, if the lineman catches the punt, we end practice now and I do the Wolverine <laughs> thing. Is that is that cool? If he drops it, we got thirty more minutes of practice. Could he like skewer the football with the claws? Like yeah, exactly. ooh, practice yeah. is over. Yeah, that'd be great. That actually would be great. That's that's season two of Cleveland Brown Hard Knocks. <laughs> Uh, Nick goes to the movies. Uh, he talks about Black Klansman, which, uh, I want to see, um, Cullen has seen it and liked it a lot. Sorry to bother you and Crazy Rich Asians. So there's some good movies that are out and coming out. I saw Crazy Rich Asians on Friday and it's wonderful. I really enjoyed it. I mean, like, don't make it more than it needs to be, but it was awesome. And mm-hmm. I actually loved, um, Nick's kind of discussion of it. Uh, he was re- I mean, from somebody who, you know, is from an Asian background, I really, really, like, dug his kind of, like, how meaningful it is. It's not, like, a meaningful movie in that it's, like, super deep, but it's, like, just, you know, seeing people that look like you on screen or reflected back to you. I, you know, everything has been modeled for me. It's, like, I see white people all the time and romantic comedies, and this, it's, like, Asian men are sexualized, and they are super hot in this movie. So it's kind of cool <laughs> to see that. Um, I I really I really dug it, and it was it really like tapped into that <laughs> want for like glamour and funniness, and it was just a, it was just a fun it was a fun movie. I recommend it. Right, it's just it's just seeing those people as normal and living their lives. There's a, a podcast that I listen to where one of the hosts is a black woman. She's like, I'm just not seeing slavery movies anymore because I don't need that to be my experience of black people in cinema. I just want to see a movie with black people living their lives and being... spraying their urine all over a, a crowd in Las Vegas, <laughs> New Orleans that's the kind of, yeah, that's, oh, sorry, that's, sorry, yeah. New Orleans. I'm sorry, I confused it from where I I spray my urine, 
uh, right. to where the, right. they did but, in the but movie. But her point was that having, you know, her only cinematic experience of people who look like her being these horrible movies about slavery. Yeah. And I would assume that Asian people don't want their only experience to be like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon yeah. or samurai movies, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like internment camp. Railroad uh, workers. World yeah, War II camp. stuff. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like just living normal lives. Uh, yep. Like we all are. Or crazy rich lives. Yes. <laughs> Whichever. Yes. Uh, Nick made an interesting point in that he was more or less sentenced to uh, rom-coms as a uh, Navy kid because he was Sentence. with his mom. Where's my oh. damn buzzer? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there's there are some good uh, rom coms. Uh, there's Bull Durham, Mike. Um, they don't what? just have to be about baseball. When Harry Met Sally is an excellent movie. Like mm-hmm. it's not just for a rom com. It's an excellent movie. That's true. That's true. Bridget Jones is a really funny it movie. It is the fight scene. It's fantastic. Is there cricket involved in that? I mean, I, I don't. I don't remember seeing Bridget. Jones. No, but Salman Rushdie is in it. <laughs> Salman. <laughs> uh let's see what's next um stephen king is racist harry potter fans are racist hunger games fans are racist um nick realized he was liberal when i guess he was in high school or he was just about to get ready to vote and realized he didn't agree with a lot of things his family believed I think I realized I was not anything. Um, it was I was uh, I was like fourteen years old, and uh, John Anderson was running for president. He would eventually get like eleven percent, I think, of the popular vote as an independent. And I just liked I liked that when I found out there was a a, a guy who seemed like a good dude. He was actually a, he was a Republican, but he switched to independent. And I was like, yeah. Just be independent. Why you gotta have a fucking party? So I was immediately like the guy, and well, he switched and, uh, independent because he couldn't get the Republican nomination. I assume, yeah, against but I like the Fillmore symbolism of whoever of, was running when you were a kid. I, I just like the symbolism of independent. You know, like I don't know. I just it just made me like never want to identify with the, with either party. Uh, although I will vote up and down Democrat. Yeah, I right now, I would never call myself a Democrat. I would call myself a liberal. Oh. Uh-huh. I mean, which may amount to the same thing, but I don't want to be a part of the party apparatus necessarily. Like to maintain some feeling of independence. But I mean, come on, let's be serious. We all know who I'm going to vote for. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd J. vote for John Trump. McCain, and he died yesterday. Uh, I'd vote for him and do a weekend at Bernie's presidency during <laughs> for the next four years. <laughs> Oh my God! Rather too than the, soon, Mike. Too the, soon. The guy we have right now, yeah. Let's, we're we're Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy <laughs> we need them back when, in when there. we need them to prop up the next uh, president for four years. My um, my grandfather worked for looked worked for Lyndon Johnson, so my family has like long been Democrats. So like being a Democrat is really like kind of a part of my identity, but I do feel like very frustrated with the democratic party right now. I, that does not mean that I would ever vote for a Republican. It will never happen. But, um, meaning I'm more liberal at this point, I think than they are, or like I'm 
I I feel like the Democratic um, Party as a whole really just is sty- they're too scared to do a lot of things. Like I want them to mm-hmm. fight stupid Brett Kavanaugh's um, nomination, but they won't do that. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of where you are, Anne. Where I am a Democrat. It's a part of my like family legacy, but I um, but I think of myself as a liberal now more than anything. So it's interesting. I've been radicalized. (laughs) (laughs) If anything good comes out of this particular political era, I think it's made things a lot more clearer and a lot more urgent for a lot of people. I think overall it's going to be positive because uh, idiots are just identifying themselves openly now. (laughs) So we know know where they are. We know who Mm -hmm. they are. It's like, all right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I I thought I thought you were a real person, but I guess you're just a moron. Um, so moving on from political talk, Andrew tries to see others' views, and Genevieve never has any of it. <laughs> she, she's just like, no, they're horrible. It's horrible ideas, and you know she doesn't try to put herself in anyone else's shoes. And I think that's a good match. They're a good match for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicki Minaj. Crushes a rapper who who counted as um, downloads for the purposes of Billboard, I think. Yeah. Um, someone who attached their their album to all kinds like concert ticket sales and. Oh yeah, it's know. Travis. Right. It's Travis Scott. It's it's um. Why do I know? It's Kylie Jenner's like boyfriend, baby daddy. Oh god. Yeah, you get into that orbit, and everything you do is just gold i guess uh, oh yeah i i think wasn't nikki was also upset because kylie jenner tweeted yeah everybody go buy his album to haul her bajillions of followers and she was like you're using your girlfriend to sell your albums why else have a girlfriend i mean come on <laughs> exactly if she can't sell you a few albums you know what the fuck i can't you... imagine they have scintillating conversations no, no. <laughs> Uh, there's a, a email about uh, Disenchanted. I think that's the new uh, uh, Matt Groening, uh, which I, I watched. I watched an episode through it, and I, I did make it through most of the episode, but I kept checking the time, and it was it was painful. It was not not good. Sorry, Matt Groening. Um, Carmel with a, an email about uh, using hand sanitizer for your body odor. That's a great look. You know, you head into someone that has some hand sanitizer. You're at the Jiffy Lube or whatever. <laughs> and you just splash splash a little extra in your hand and just go Take up a, to the pits with it. A couple of extra pumps off yeah, of look the up bottle. Two, ex, two extra pumps per, per hand and just get up in the pits. And why not give yourself a horse bath while you're at it? Just... <laughs> Just reach down there and freshen up. You'll find if you have any cuts or... or uh... Oh, God. What? You're like home aloneing it. You're like... Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except with your yam bag instead of your, uh, your face. I don't want to know why you might have cuts on your yam bag. Uh, yeah, a little manscaping, you know. Um, I guess there's no better way to wrap up Wednesday than with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you cut me. Oh, that's going to later on when I put the hand sanitizer down there. Ooh. 
Ouch. Oh, my God. You got to take more care, Anne. Take more care. Sorry. Be better. That's my first time I ever shaved a yam bag. <laughs> you should have practiced with a banana. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes, let's go on to Thursday, number 2712. You see what happens when you find a ludicrous in the Alps? Uh, Luke is in a new place today. He's in Kill Devil Hills on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Um, I have been there. I didn't go to Kill Devil Hills, but I stayed in Avon that they reference, which is next to Rodanthe, a la Knights and oh. Rodanthe, that Nicholas Sparks novel, which became a Richard Gere Diane Lane. So, yes. mm-hmm. It's just down the beach from that. It's very, very beautiful. And romantic. There. Mm-hmm. Not for me, because I was with my mom and her best friend, so. Mm. And it was October, so. Yeah, yeah. Go to the romantic place with two 58-year-old ladies. (laughs) That's how I roll. Go get some pancakes at the Bob Evans. Yep. Um, So the monster truck people want Luke to retrain on driving the truck before he goes to... Tampa and gets in. They watch the video. (laughs) I think this is this is a reasonable request on their part. You know, he went down there a month ago and drove it. And, you know, maybe they'd like him to freshen up his skills before he gets back in. Yeah. Uh, But his schedule is so crazy that it's going to be really difficult. So he's actually going to get between the matinee and the evening performance. He's going to get a chance to go out there and retrain it's oh boy i hope this turns out well well it's already passed by now it was last night right so hopefully it all worked out we saw Um, it i saw it oh yeah yeah uh, nick army's posted a video on the oh of course i haven't looked at that yep well and uh, and it's 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 like a he does a really tame uh version he takes a while to get it going and he pulls it out uh, of its spot, and he just he drives. I think twice around the arena, just drove it, and then put it back in its space and got out and did an interview. It was like an um, I I did. There were three other trucks there, and I kept waiting for him to ram both of those and then hang off the side of the arena as the truck <laughs> like was going to get away from him, but. It was very disappointing. It was the, the it was the driving equivalent of like an old man easing himself into a warm bath. Uh, he, there was there was nothing remarkable in any way. He did he did a little interview afterwards with uh, the on site host, and uh, and he got in a baba buoy at the end, <laughs> of course, which he made did. Phyllis very happy. <laughs> Well, I guess we weren't expecting him to like do any jumps or anything. So no, 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 no. They they watch the videotape that company and they're like, uh, we need our trucks. They're a big yeah. part of our business. Yeah. We need them to be running." Uh, well, all right. <laughs> he is power eating Tic Tacs. He has enough self control to not eat them on the mic. He may have learned that lesson at long last question mark Mm -hmm. i was doing some archiving trying to get back on the old archiving horse and uh i was listening to a show from the radio days where he was eating a fajita from azteca on the air and it was disgusting and i am not one of those people that has misophonia so don't be tempted luke 
I have this theory that when people like chew gum, they think they seem cool. Like their attitude towards sort of changes when they chew gum, like because they're kind of have something to do. I feel like that happens with Luke when he's eating something specifically on mic. He kind of has a badass pose and it's just annoying to me and I think to a lot of people. It's like you feel like you're getting away with something yeah. or you have some I'm I'm getting to do something that you don't get to yeah. do. Yeah. I have gum. Uh-huh. <laughs> it goes back to when like you're a little kid. <laughs> I have gum and you don't. <laughs> I'm cool. Well, you're not. He's he's pretty happy about power eating the Tic Tacs because he says, quote, they have no calories. <laughs> Uh, Luke, if you eat 500 of them, they most definitely do have calories. Oh, my gosh. He's such uh, a dummy. Then there's a whole thing about Petey Pablo, and I just couldn't follow any of it. Well, neither could Andrew. Andrew didn't care, and Luke was trying to make Andrew care, and Andrew's like, I don't know what the song is. And I have heard of Petey Pablo before, and I said this on Friday. I felt like... I felt sort of like, a, what's her face, Kiki Lolo, because I've heard of him before, but I am not familiar with his library of songs. Like, I don't, and I don't think most <laughs> his people body are. work. Yes. And Andrew wasn't, so I'm like, drop it. Just, like, move on. Nobody, clearly nobody cares about this. No. I, no. He kept trying, but it was useless. Um, and then he was talking about an encounter he had at a bar during karaoke where... Some guy was sitting next to him and talking and being super critical of all the karaoke singers. I may have done that once or twice myself. Uh, So that led Luke to think that when this dude sang that he would probably actually be really good and he was really not good. Uh, So that was very strange. And then after Luke sang, the guy said that his singing was, quote, almost passable. So Luke's response to that was walking home. He just sang the dude's song to himself out loud to prove that he could do it better. Oh, my gosh. So I don't even know what to make of all this. My sense is that this is one of those guys who uh, uses insults as compliments. And by saying it was almost passable, what he meant was that Luke was actually really good. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I don't know. I don't know. People are weird. Yeah. Drunk people are weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As well as meta. Uh, then they had something which I labeled as a tiresome discussion of which state was first in flight, Ohio or North Carolina. I love you people from Ohio and North Carolina, but I don't care. It doesn't matter. We got in the air. Uh, it doesn't matter who we put on the quarter. Um, there's some weird t- talk about an internet parable about Bill Gates being the son of a woodcutter? So he only tips a normal amount and his daughter has to tip a lot because she's the daughter of Bill Gates? I don't know. That didn't go anywhere. What what was point was Luke trying to illustrate with that? So let's move on to the top story, which was the sea otter Mishka at the Seattle Aquarium who has asthma and learn to use an inhaler. And I don't even know what to say about this story or what the point was other than it's super cute to see a sea otter use an inhaler <laughs> and that Luke had inhaler envy as a child. He wanted glasses, braces, and an inhaler because he was sad that he was poor and couldn't have any of these things, I guess. I guess. There's a surprising amount of, of people, at least to me, that I've found out about as an adult that 
wanted all those things. And I had glasses and I hated them and I had braces and I hated them. And I I feel like a dick now because I, like my family could afford to get me glasses and braces and I hated them. And everyone was looking at me with all this envy or something <laughs> like, I don't know. I have a, I have a hard time processing that, that someone looking at me in that dork stage was like, Oh man, I wish I had what he had. <laughs> right. I think we just have to remember that it's not about the glasses, the braces, and inhalers, but what they represent yes. to the people who are jealous of yeah. them. Also, it's I wanted glass, which I do have glasses now, but I wanted glasses as a eight-year-old and I lied to like I pretended like I couldn't see to the optometrist <laughs> and I remember they were like mm, let's be honest here and it's my parents could afford it I just wanted attention so I was like I want glasses now I would you know give my right nut for like 2020 vision but you know yeah yeah it'd be great yeah. um they have some sort of a diversion into the topic of California Representative Duncan Hunter and his wife, who have just been indicted for misusing campaign funds for their own personal purchases. Pet Rabbit, um, $600 uh, on an airplane, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, Luke is interested in this because he says that these are the kind of lies that he could see himself telling. But they were such bad lies, Luke. You would do better than for that. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I mean, their campaign accountant had asked repeatedly, guys, this does not seem right. Are you sure about this? It's just amazing that it took this long for it to come out, I think. Put it under the disabled veterans line. Put oh, yeah, the... that is shady to be like, yeah, it's for the uh, Wounded Warrior Project. Wounded Warriors. Wounded Warriors. And he's throwing <laughs> his warriors. wife under the bus. Like, you're going to have to talk to her. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it's shit. so yeah, they're shady. Done. The whole they're thing. Done. She has her own attorneys. They, she arrived separately at the yeah. courthouse with her own attorneys. Oh, my gosh. They're so done. The thing that blew my mind about this whole story, not to get back into politics too much, was – I did the calculations, they, and it turns out that they overdrew their personal bank accounts an average of three times a week Jeez. for seven years. Jeez. Can you imagine? No. That's wild. And their campaign accountant or manager, whoever, was like, guys, we have campaign bills that we have to pay. You have to stop taking money. Oh and they still, it's like they couldn't stop spending. That's wild. I don't think. Would Luke do this? Do you think Luke would do this if he figured he could get away with it? I just feel like he's a better person than that. He is. He's a con man. He's a little shysty, but I just, I don't, I really don't see him doing that. I don't either. Phil, uh, put the second boat under (laughs) the wounded warriors. Uh, We'll get rid of the first boat before the the investigators get here. Don't worry about that one. It's in my yard. I'll... (laughs) I'll paint it. I'll paint it like an art installation. No one will be able to see it. It'll be great. You know, I don't like to give Carrie this job, but I think because she it seems to be such a good person that it does help him. I don't know, like defeat his, you know, evil tendencies. Um, yeah, and, and like maybe together it kind of makes for a better situation. And he w- he wouldn't. He would feel too bad. Yeah, Carrie wouldn't be writing stuff off to the Wounded Warriors. (laughs) She's not down for that. Um, In the second top story... That panini? (laughs) Wounded Warriors. Wounded Warriors. 
Moving on to food. Uh, in the second top story of the day, Luke tried to buy the Olive Garden Unlimited <laughs> Pasta Pass. What's wrong with him? $300. Not because he wants to eat pasta, because obviously it's not kosher on the low-carb grind, but just because somehow he felt that he needed to get this pasta oh pass God. because of the scarcity of it. I actually know somebody that got these, uh, maybe not last year, but the year before. Uh, my boss and her husband bought pasta passes, and uh, <laughs> they used the hell out of them. Oh my and gosh. Her boss is um, not a person who is a frivolous spender. I mean, her husband is not a frivolous spender. So uh, if he was going to shell out the money for this, by God, uh, he was going to get his money's worth. They ate at least three times a week uh, Olive Garden for food for the for the year. And, you know, you don't have to eat in the restaurant. You can get it to go as well to oh, show up wow. and pick up your food. So, And then, like, at lunchtime, she would run over to, I don't know, there's no Olive Garden on campus, but it's somewhere not too far away and, and get food for lunch and dinner for them. So... Cullen should have got a hold of this. I mean, he makes his own pasta a lot of time, and he'll eat so much of it. Like, you'll catch him um, still eating it, but he'll be sweating. <laughs> like, I've heard of I, meat sweats, but not pasta sweats. I have to remind him, you know, you can eat more later, you know, just put it away. And, uh, and he'll eat himself sick on some pasta, so... I should have got in on this and gotten it, gotten it for him. This would have meant a lot to him. There's an Olive Garden pretty near him. Well, next year. Yeah, I'm going to get on it. Yep. Um, but don't get on Dirty Dick's Crab House. Uh, they talk a little bit about crab houses and I guess restaurants in general that have these horrible names like Dirty Dick's. Like, why? Why would you do that? Why is that? anything that you think would be attractive to potential customers. Right. And, um, yeah. And then they uh, find an Ivers online... Acres of Chlamydia. I know. It, gross. I, I, no. Uh-uh. I don't think I've ever been to a restaurant with a gross name like that. And and they find the cocktail menu online because they're pretty sure it's going to be full of like stupid double entendre cocktail names. And they're quite disappointed because it's pretty tame. And that's even worse because if you're going to go for it, embrace the whole yeah. concept. Give it to us. Yeah. Uh, don't be dirty dicks on the outside and Applebee's on the inside. <laughs> sure. Right. That sauce on your steak better have a disgusting name. <laughs> And that's enough for Thursday, I think. All right, Friday, twenty-seven, thirteen. Hold on your hand. Hold out your hand. The Kiki Lolo story. All right, let's wrap. I'd watch oh, it. Me too. Kiki Lolo is the best, and we learned why. Luke was right. She's a shyster. She's not just some like automatically just good on you know the podcast. She has a podcast, and she's had a long running mm-hmm. podcast called Please Advise. Have y'all listened to it at all? No, not yet. Uh, I might. I did listen to. I listened to one that they. I think they talked about it. Yeah. And I. I posted it. I think uh, on the LRB page or the Stens page. Yeah. Well, that was the Lifetime movie one, like the side project. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Oh, I do want to listen to that because I've watched a lot of uh, Lifetime movies in my time, so it sounds intriguing. Was there one called Not Without My Daughter? That was an actual movie with Sally Field. That was like not a Lifetime movie. 
Okay, but for some reason in my mind, every movie on Lifetime is entitled Not Without My Daughter. Oh, no. Not Without My Daughter is way higher quality yes. than anything you're going to find on Lifetime. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. No. The mother- oh, really? They are, they are not good movies, <laughs> no. and I enjoy the hell out of a Lifetime of movie every once in a while. It's like when there used to be like Sunday night movies, you know, uh, little miniseries or whatever. It's sort of like a mm-hmm. shittier version of that. So, uh Super, super, super enjoy them, and I might have to listen to that podcast because it appeals to me. But I guess sort of the top story of the day, unofficially, is that Andrew uh, just wants to get off Facebook, and it's not helping him. And I was just like, you know what? Get off Facebook. It's not – I don't know what you think you're doing with your job with Facebook because it's not helpful to you or to sort of the stims page it obviously is, it has a negative impact so just get off of it so i was warmed by the fact that when he asked kiki like can i get off of it and she was like yeah this isn't you're not like a social media monitor get off of it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i was kind of glad that she sort of buttoned that up for him well i i think it's it's odd the way these guys use social media because they use it in ways that don't please or flatter them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't, I, I probably follow 20 people on Facebook. So I get notifications if they do something, but you don't have to read your timeline. No. Like if something really great is going on, I trust somebody who does get a lot out of reading their timeline to let me know, you know, because a lot of times in our chat, we're like, you know, hook me up. Where is this happening yeah. or whatever? Yeah. You don't have to be monitoring your timeline all the time, like on Twitter or Facebook you're, you're, I mean, don't, you don't feel like you ha- don't feel like you have to get your money's worth because you're not paying for anything. So you're not, <laughs> you don't have to look at it. Like just follow the Stens page and get outraged every three weeks when you put out a hot dog framing um, <laughs> thing. Anyway, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you, Hillary. It's, you, he can't handle it. He's got to go. He's got to go. Yeah. It does make things sometimes logistically a little difficult when we're trying to connect with them um, as fans and as a community. So I I do think that we have forgotten a little bit what the Stens page actually is, which is a fan discussion group. It's not the official TBTO Facebook page. There's no reason for Andrew to be in there other than to have fun and interact with fans. And I think I know that people want to be connected to the show and to Andrew, but I don't think that tagging Andrew on a Facebook post is the proper way to engage with him. I think if you want to talk to Luke or Andrew, you need to send them an email or a private message of some sort and not continually tag him on the Facebook group. That's, I don't think that's appropriate. That's people who are using it for the wrong purpose and i understand why people do because they don't fucking read their emails or respond to them and you want to find a way that you know they'll see it but come on you're not that important and they don't care about you that much and you don't need to have them see the hot dog meme that you found that's been posted 800 times already just hang out with the other fans and forget about luke and andrew Uh, yeah i think that that it's just it's the Stens is not the right area for him. And I just, all I want though, is if he's going to be off is if he, if they're more responsive via emails, if somebody's having an issue or whatever, like that, yeah. that's what they yep. need to be. That's what, that's how they need to be reached out. 
Um, or, you know, they have a third person, whether it be Kiki Lolo or somebody else, to be that person that actually, like, responds back to the community or to the person or whatever. But I think it's yep. good for him to be off. I don't think it's a bad thing. He's not a good Facebooker. It's not making him feel good. So, goodbye. Um, I did laugh how, like, hard they make it for you to, like, get off of it. It's like, are you sure? <laughs> And then it's like, <laughs> say goodbye to these people. And it's like people crying as they're like waving goodbye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if the cable company could get a hold of that, that's yeah. uh, that. Um, uh, then they're talking to Kiki Lolo. Oh, the one thing I thought that was so stupid that Luke said before they talked to Kiki Lolo was he was like, I bet people are going to go to back to MySpace. And I'm like, Luke, you are no. 41 years old. You don't know what's going on. People are, most kids aren't even on fucking Facebook. They don't care about Facebook. Right. It's like Snapchat or Instagram or whatever's the next thing. It's not MySpace. <laughs> like at all. That's not what it's there for. Um, uh, but yeah, I just thought that was like, he thought he was being so edgy. And I'm like, you're actually like sounding just really old. Um, again, he's talks about PD Pablo. And I love that Kiki Lola is like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is me- meaningless <laughs> to me. Um, I still don't know what of any of it's about. <laughs> no, not, not uh-uh. the first clue of any of it. Um, the Before they get into... Um, song of uh, the summer contest i just like that they talked about like east versus west music and not necessarily like in a rap way it just is like people on the west coast know about like sublime or whatever and then east coast it's like it makes me laugh because dave will randomly know some so much about a musical artist that i'm like what a random like donna summer i'm like why do you know so much about her and he's like oh she's from boston and i'm like oh, okay so it's just like you kind of are exposed to those people more and definitely aerosmith i mean aerosmith is somebody dave is, dropkick murphy's, dropkick murphy's. I think is weirdly even though this is a canadian band dave was really into bare naked ladies well he wasn't into them like he was a super fan but he kind of <laughs> knew a lot about them. He's going to be so mad at me. Um, and Ju- don't lie. I know he knows all the words to whatever that one song is. Uh, Maybe he just said he was a fan of Bare Naked Ladies, not the Bare Naked Ladies. Um, but yeah, he definitely knows who's like, yeah, yeah, he knew that like Adam Sandler, I think it's also from New Hampshire, Sarah Silverman. I just thought that was it was a very Dave centric uh, conversation to have that I want to share with him. Um, then they move on. They talk about Kiki's uh, other podcast, which I am interested in. But then and then they start playing Starship again. I was like, are we doing this again? <laughs> oh, my God. Because um, Luke wanted to get to the part where it was like the radio announcer. You know, that was so terrible. <laughs> So terrible. Talk about a long climb for a short slide or whatever it is. Oh, my goodness. Um, And poor Andrew's just like, where is this? I'm looking for it. I'm watching the video in the background. Um, And then finally, finally, they moved on to the Song of the Summer, which uh, basically people voted against Andrew again in promoting that Brandi Carlisle song. (laughs) Which I actually don't love that song, but it makes me laugh that uh, that people just like are screwing with Andrew. <laughs> uh, I need to vote now. I know. So Brandy Carlisle's in the final. Yeah. I don't want her to. Okay. I don't want her to win because I do love that Crush song. I um, take Bridget to school and I drop her off in the little carpool line, and she likes to roll down the windows, and we play that song, and I feel like the cool mom in the minivan. Though I'm literally the least cool but we really like that song 
Uh, that cool mom in the minivan, um, I think it's the Chrysler one yes. uh, that has that ac- that really awesome actress. Yeah, who is in it now? Who is it? No, I know what you're talking about, but I can't. Remember. I can't think of yeah. her name offhand, but she's she's been you know in some really good stuff lately, and she's hilarious in those ads. Yeah, uh, yeah, for that's sure. Totally, she's the cool mom. <laughs> that's totally me. Um, and then the two <laughs> other songs that are going are the best, happy and happy, which I actually really like that song as well. And you know, no, no going back, which I don't have any feelings about. Is there is there someone in the other bracket that I should be voting for that that Andrew hates? Um, well, I mean, I think it's so he hates Brandy Carlisle. That's his like enemy in this. That's his. his okay, his so enemy. definitely Brandy. <laughs> what a dick. Uh, oh, we did get a song of the summer. Uh, throw your phone. Oh, that's right. That's right. From David, I can read it here. Uh, David says on Friday's show in the Song of the Summer recap, first Luke says happy, unhappy is his favorite and he thinks it will win. Then he changes his tune by saying the Uno you know, and Tessa songs were his two favorites left in the contest. Which is it, Luke? On another note, loved Andrew's total horror <laughs> that Brandy Carlisle won her matchup. Oh my gosh. It doesn't matter. Guys, none it's of these are really sad the when she wins. Summer, so it doesn't matter. Um, Brandy Carlisle, just remembering, just remembering and remembering. <laughs> I got Emily just uh, gave me her old iPad, so now I have three devices on which to vote for Brandy Carlisle. All right, you get you get on it. <laughs> Doing it right now. I'm not wasting any time. That's basically the end of the show. Uh, there's no music for your weekend. Hooray! Housekeeping, Anne. <laughs> housekeeping, housekeeping. Mahalo. Um, <laughs> I try to do it non-racist, and you just got to ruin it, Mike. Just bring that racism right in. So sorry. Um, <laughs> we would love if you would check out our merchandise store at 10710.com slash shop to see the mugs, the hoodies, the stickers, um, whatever your little heart desires. Um, please, if you are interested in participating in Christie's archive project, there are still plenty of weeks to be archived, and it's not a huge time commitment. You don't have to be like me and be working on your 39th week. You can just do one because you're a normal person. Uh, for other non-LRB-related merchandise, if you shop on Amazon, and I know you do, Please, if you would consider using our affiliate link, redbandwagon.com slash Amazon, then we'll get a couple of pennies from your purchases, and we can look at the list later and marvel at the things that people buy. On uh, Earbuds and Earworms this week, collaborative songs. What does that mean, Mike? Uh, Ebony and Ivory. Oh. That type of thing. Ooh, okay. Islands in the Stream. Yes, that's a great one. Yeah, mine was... uh, um, you two and Mary J. Blige huh. on oh, okay. that song one. Um, I don't know, but I don't know if duets qualify or if it has to be like, you know, because that was an existing song and they just brought her to make it like really, really great, you know. So mm-hmm. who who knows who knows what they really had in mind? I I trust I trust Mitchell implicitly. <laughs> yes, Amy, I, I, I have mixed feelings about her. I'll be on next week. You're changing your will 100- to give Mitchell everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's done. It's been a done deal for a while. We're gonna have our bromance on the air next week in the hundredth episode. Oh my gosh, um, can't wait! 
All right, get involved, you guys. LittleRedBandwagon.com. Um, ThrowYourPhone.com, which y'all love to use. Uh, maybe use that instead of tagging Andrew on the Stens page. He's not there anymore, so it doesn't matter. Uh, fine. <laughs> tag him anyway. Just tag him if it makes you feel good. Um, join us on Facebook, and our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL. That's 8285. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. I love you, David. And if, Luke, you want to take that as me raving about you, then <laughs> you, you can do so. You have permission. Nailed it. Both of you